the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Third and final hour. The time is flying by. We're back on the Jimmy Sangenberger Show. News Talk 710-KNUS. Good to be with you. This hour, we've been just flying by talking about body cam footage. The whole show between the Paul Pelosi footage we talked about in the first hour to the Tyree Nichols body cam footage that is absolutely devastating and heartbreaking. Here's a little bit of what happened on January 7th in Memphis, Tennessee. You might get sprayed again. Crying for mom, mom. So in the beginning, he's pulled over supposedly for reckless driving, although the police chief is casting doubt on what precipitated the uh, pulling over of Tyree Nichols. And then he's not asked, apparently, for license registration, not asked to get out of the car. They just pull him out of the car. And then they get him to go down to the ground. He's trying to comply. It's pretty clear that that's the case. They get abusive using... Uh, pepper spray and tasing him he's just like this you know had enough you can tell and he gets up and he he manages to break out and run from several cops who had held him down and then they chased after him and got him again that's where that footage kicked in i mean just stunning uh stephen littleton retired law enforcement officer said no one should tolerate or defend bad behavior by police officers nor should we embrace ignorant criticism of police tactics and procedures that come from people who should never have been police officers like biden shoot him in the leg uh so steve absolutely i agree with you there i think this goes in the first category in talking with um retired police lieutenant detective Steve Rogers in the previous hour, he was noting that this is not the tactics and procedures. But with that said, it's horrifying and unacceptable. And we've seen a lot of this um, that has gone on in various instances across the country that certainly show that there are things that need to be done in terms of police departments. But and cultural issues. Lieutenant Rogers pointed to that, that there are cultural issues that clearly are happening in the Memphis Police Department that need to be addressed. 
and case-by-case instances that need to be addressed. But does this require some kind of big sweeping legislation? Does this show that we need to restrain the ability of police officers to do their jobs? Let's talk a little bit about this and what's going on at the Colorado State Capitol with Paul Lundin. He is the Senate Minority Leader, head of the Republicans in, so to speak, as head can be in the legislature. He joins us now (laughs) for the uh, Colorado State Senate. Senator Lundin, good morning. Good morning, Jimmy. Good to be with you. How are you doing today? I'm it's, doing uh, pretty well. Thank you. Yeah. You know what? I tell you what, that video released yesterday and the audio we've just listened to is an echo back to a, a sad day on January 7th. I mean, it's tragic that any human being or group of human beings, especially a group of human beings in authority, mm-hmm. would treat any other human being like that. I, it's it's tragic. Um, it's horrific. You, you run out of adjectives. Um, to to challenge and and condemn that particular circumstance. That said, as you've heard from law enforcement, you know, officials who actually know and have been in circumstances that have been handled properly instead of improperly, as that was, we can't be ignorant of police tactics. We need to, in fact, be uh, condemn that which is wrong and support that which we must support. And, And what we must support is a culture that supports and understands the law and law enforcement. And that, in this case, obviously, is a culture that needs to root out, challenge, and um, punish appropriately mm-hmm. those inside the law enforcement establishment who are breaking the law. And, and I, I, I'm projecting here. I, I do not know. It will be litigated. It will be understood exactly what happened. And But certainly on the face, it looks like they were out of bounds in terms of proper police procedure. Congress is now being called by President Biden for police reform. We've seen Senator Lundeen uh, so-called police reform bills that have been put into place in the Colorado legislature by Democrats who then got it signed into law by Governor Polis. You can see what happened with qualified immunity. You can see with a variety of different things I've talked about on the program. Our other hosts have as well. Uh, listeners very familiar with many of the soft on crime policies. How do you strike that balance between anything that the legislature might do to help with some legitimate police reforms versus putting into place laws that precipitate the crime spree that we have seen, whether it's on motor vehicle theft and weakening those laws, or it's on drugs and what we've seen with fentanyl, or when it comes to the violent crime and what have you. How do you strike that balance? Yeah, and that is exactly the right word you're using, balance. Um, a response to a video of that nature causes people to be revolted. It is something that causes revulsion. And so a response in the moment of revulsion that we are hearing from certain members of the Colorado General Assembly right now is abolish law enforcement, abolish the prison system, abolish the correction system. Well, that is not a proper response. Absolutely, you can't say that is terrible and therefore let's just do away with it all because we the people of colorado broadly are suffering an increase in crime that is increased violence against many people we still are number one in the nation for car thefts we have a, a spike and increase in homicides violent crimes property crimes it's a problem for everyone in colorado and that must be dealt with. So saying let's abolish law enforcement in response to things of this nature is incorrect. And quite frankly, we had years ago, 
not we ended up with some qualified immunity for law enforcement, but there were efforts to take all immunity away to make law, law enforcement officials, cops, personally liable in a way that would cause everyone to leave the profession or no one to join the profession. And quite frankly, we are having problems filling the ranks of healthy, strong, capable, male and female, mixed and diverse racial law enforcement officers because we have developed in Colorado a culture that dishonors the law and dishonors law enforcement. We need to get away from that culturally and we need to find narrow mm. opportunities to sure. solve problems of this. There, There is a saying that bad facts make bad law. And when mm. you respond to a situation like what we saw in Memphis and try and write a law against that specific incident, you will end up being too broad in what you do because that is something that must be dealt with in balance, narrowly, and appropriately enforcing law over the, the worst of, of what happens, law enforcement officials who themselves are, in fact, violating mm -hmm. the law, either in letter or the sense of the law. Well, and then, of course, it cuts both ways when you talk about culture, culture of general society. Same thing with law enforcement. If you have a culture that Correct. is um, putting law enforcement officers in a position where they feel inclined or feel it's acceptable or OK to misbehave or to go beyond just misbehavior into something, say, that what we saw in Memphis, um, that that needs to be addressed. But that's internal to law enforcement. That's not something that you can simply say legislatively and wave a magic wand at the legislature, Senator Lendeen, and, and determine, oh, we can fix this problem, going to your point about what you actually do and how broadly or narrowly you approach it. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I have not never been in law enforcement, not anywhere near it, but I've um, been a business owner, builder, founder, and have led teams my entire professional life. And one maxim, one truism is the tone is set at the top. Now, the tone begins to affect an established culture. It's about leadership. It's about getting people to understand the nuances of who we are as a team, what we accept and what we don't accept, getting people to work within the law, the boundaries, the regulations that are the narrower set of rules that we all work to, the policies that we all work to. The thing that is goes beyond that is the culture. And that comes from leadership. Yeah. And that is about the culture needs to be a culture of honoring humanity, a culture of honoring and supporting individuals of, of, of I would say, in, in the political environment in which I work, where we're very adversarial at times, seek first to understand and then to be understood. That's how we develop the best policy. Mm. Understand what the other person's trying to achieve. And then we try to bring the best possible, most sustainable solutions yeah. to that set of problems that are trying to be solved. But you can't do that until you understand what's going on in the other person and the other policymaker's life. You so know, we've got a long way from violence on the street yes. to uh, the, the floor of uh, the General Assembly. But many of the same cultural perspectives mm. apply to both. Excellent points, Senator Paul Lundin, Minority Leader in the Colorado State Senate. And I think what you're talking about fundamentally in terms of how you approach legislation, 
leads me into a broader question. Uh, already, we aren't even a full month into this session. Uh, we got right. 120 days in the session. We're not even through January yet. And yet, especially when you look at the state house, we're already seeing some crazy things introduced in the legislature. On the other hand, of course, you've got Republicans introducing policies that you all had campaigned on and getting, I think, some some Democrat interest, particularly in the Senate. Uh, just bring us up to speed, big picture, on what you're seeing in this session so far, Senator. Yeah, and I, I know we're limited in time, so I'm going to say I'm going to talk briefly about some of the biggest challenge that we see right now and more on the horizon and some of the biggest opportunities. The biggest challenge that we see right now is we have seen introduced legislation that will chase businesses away from Colorado or, quite frankly, chase some businesses out of Colorado. There is legislation pending right now that essentially, when you peel the onion all the way back, would force employers to pay people not to work. Well, that doesn't make any sense. When you're putting employers in a box by the force of government fiat, saying you will pay people whether they're at work or not, that doesn't uh, that just doesn't function. And businesses will say, can't live in this environment. We will go away. Now, um, I spoke to the ben- Denver uh, Metro Chamber of Commerce just the week before session started, and a, a, an employer, a big employer, a big company, national company, said, look, we're taking a pass on Colorado right now on the next development, the next regional office or whatever it was they were going to develop. We're going to pass on Colorado because Colorado is already in our minds, California. Mm. Well, that is not a good thing to hear. We know right now conventions and conferences are taking a pass on Denver because they don't want to deal with many of the problems, the homeless problems, the downtown Denver decay problems. They, they are taking a pass, conferences and conventions on Denver. We don't want that to affect and infect Greeley and Colorado Springs and Grand Junction. We want to, in fact, let Denver's problem be Denver's problem and hopefully they can solve it. But we don't want those impulses, which are causing businesses and conferences to take a pass on Denver, to take a pass on Colorado. We can't sustain that. So that's a problem, and there's bad legislation coming that would feed into that and make that worse. Some of the good things that are happening, we've got some Republican principles, some Republican ideas. Senator Bob Gardner is bringing a bill that essentially would recriminalize car theft. Well, that's a really Thank good you. place to start. Exactly. Right now. <laughs> I'm a three-time really- victim of auto theft, so I appreciate that one. Well, exactly. You understand when there isn't a law on the books that is reasonable to enforce the protection of a person's property. Most many of us after our home or where we live, our car is our most important property. If if it's not a crime to take that property away from us, that's a problem. So Senator Gardner, Republican, is bringing a bill to recriminalize um, auto theft. And I think he's he's got a Democrat co-sponsor that's going to come along. A Republican principle where we're, even from the minority, in a leadership position and Democrats are coming along. I've got a couple of bills where I'm providing greater flexibility for students, to, especially in high school, to get at career and technical education, to get at concurrent enrollment and professional education, college credit, if you will, while still in high school, that is attracting Democrat support as well. Again, Republicans leading from from a minority based on principles that we all hold together. And the Democrats are saying, you know what? I kind of like that too. Can I get on? Can I be a part of that? So we are leading on things of that nature. Um, We don't have today uh, a bill that I'm aware of that would reduce uh, the 
possession of fentanyl down to zero grams. I still think it was a tra tragedy that we did not completely criminalize fentanyl. The one gram that is allowable under the law today is enough to kill 1,500 people. That That is obviously not for personal use. That should have been criminalized, didn't get that done. But we will continue to lean in, as a caucus, Republicans will continue to lean into matters of that nature mm. to make Colorado safer. Excellent. Well, that's encouraging, particularly on the Senate side. I do think you're going to get more and more of the loopiness coming from the House side. And I would just hope that there are enough Democrats that will work with Republicans to thwart bad stuff that will come over into the Senate from the House real quick. Do you think that those partnerships will work? I mean, the Democrats did expand their majority a little bit in the Senate so they can pass through whatever they want to. But are there enough more sensible Democrats in the Senate that may say, you know what, some of these things like the services uh, bill, the restaurant bill that you were alluding to before, maybe the gun bill, some of the gun bills and what have you, that there will be Democrats who will say, eh, not so fast. Yeah, I, I believe there will. And, and what we've been able to achieve is a strategic victory in the alignment of several of the committees, the most important committees, I would say, in the Senate, where they're one vote committees. Uh, theoretically, we could be deeper in the minority on those committees, but sure. we're one vote. So that means we only need to pick up one Democrat, one common sense individual who in the moment says, you know, you're right. We do need to recriminalize auto theft. I'm on board for mm -hmm. that. And it, at least it gets out of committee, which yeah. means we can have the broader discussion. So and we're in a pretty good spot strategically for that. And we're doing the job of uh, making the case that common sense principles are attractive, not just to Republicans. They're attractive to everyone. Republican, Democrat, unaffiliated, the common sense principles that we will be arguing will be attracting people. And, Absolutely. and we're trying to build more coalitions of individuals. You know, if you're a shop owner in downtown Denver or near downtown Denver, the, the principle of having your property properly protected under the law is a universal principle. It's not just a Republican principle. Which so we're then, fighting on those. By the way, ties back into our previous discussion regarding law enforcement and why you got to be very careful with what you're doing when you tie the hands of law enforcement. Addressing yep. it in, in thoughtful ways is important. Addressing concerns over how law enforcement may or may not be acting in certain situations. And you want to make sure that businesses can be protected and uh, property rights are respected. Senator Paul Lundeen, really appreciate your time this morning talking about Memphis. Thank you for that and uh, where we where we see law enforcement legislation potentially coming and uh, other things going on. Keep up the good work. We'll have you back on, I am sure, during this session. Thank you, sir, for your time. Jimmy, thank you very much. And to your audience, your listeners, keep the faith. You know, stand strong for your principles. Stay engaged. It makes a difference. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Paul Lundin, Senate Minority Leader, joining us, I know, tomorrow at 1 p.m. in the Frontier Freedom Hour, hosted by Centennial Institute's Jeff Hunt, uh, Mike Lynch, the counterpart for Senator Lundin over in the House, Republican leader there, will be on with him. Keep it right here. It's the Jimmy Sangenberger Show looking at 30 degrees high. It's sunny-ish out. Is it really going to be snowy later today? Looks like it could be. Keep it right here. News Talk 710 KNUS. I felt like this might be a little apropos, but also quite fun because we like to have fun with our bumper music. This is a guy by the name of Ernie Williams. He passed away in 2012. He was sort of like the king of the blues for the capital region of upstate New York. My grandpa Wall, I don't know if he's listening this morning. But my grandpa Walt introduced me to Ernie, who was actually a neighbor of his at one point. 
in time. And what a great song, Trouble, by the late, great Ernie Williams of Albany, New York. As we continue on the Jimmy Sangenberger Show, News Talk 710 KNUS, a lot of texts that we have been getting on the Tyree Nichols travesty. I mean, it's unspeakable when you watch this video. Again, take a listen. This is how it began. just got worse from there three days later that was on january 7th three days later tyree nichols 29 year old father died and you watch the video and it starts with them pulling him out of the car normally when you're stopped by police license and registration please they might ask you to step out of the car the body cam footage starts with the officer going right up to the car and instantly what are they doing They're pulling him out. Disgraceful at a minimum. And horrifying. Listener text came in earlier. I watched the video twice last night. They told him to get down. He sat down on the ground. They told him to get down. He said, I am down. I believe he was trying to cooperate. I absolutely do too. I think they were just so mad because he had taken off when they let down their guard and they had to run and chase him a little ways. Well, so that happened after. To be clear, you had the first part. He got down, he cooperated, and then they got abusive to him, quite clearly. And they were using pepper spray, taser, all that. And then he gets up and runs because he was cooperating and they were going well beyond anything in the realm of acceptable behavior. So even Lieutenant Stephen Rogers, who joined us in the 7 o'clock hour, retired police detective out of New Jersey, he was saying, look, I I can't blame him for running. And of course, it ended up being something that probably did uh, contribute in the sense of then the officers went, went even more overboard. He was hit by counts at least nine times, punched in the face, like brutal. Not acceptable. Not acceptable at all. And one more text here before we get back to the phones. It was reported that prior to stopping the car, the victim swerved at the police car that was trying to pull him over. Following this, the officers in sense terribly overreacted. Here's the thing. I don't know about those reports. We don't really know about the reckless driving claims and what happened before the footage. Because... Even the police chief, Sarahlyn Davis, has cast doubt on the reasoning for the stop due to a lack of evidence. Quote, 
We have not been able to substantiate reckless driving. And keep in mind, that happened on January 7th. 20 days later, yesterday, we get the footage out. That's almost three weeks between the incident and when the footage comes out. One day shy of three weeks that you have, or two weeks rather, that you have for them to look into it. And they're saying, we haven't been able to substantiate the rationale that they claim was behind pulling him over in the first place. So I don't know. What I do know is that there's no excuse for what these officers did. 303-696-1971. This guy's got a great name. Let's go to Jimmy and Greeley. Jimmy, how you doing? Good morning, Jimmy. I'm doing good. Good to have you on. Any day I'd you like talk with say, another Jimmy, it's a good day. What's up, sir? Well, I'm no expert, uh, but I was prior law enforcement, and it's obvious right away that there's too many people giving commands. There's not proper training, and that that, 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 that takes you to the top of the chain of, com- of command. So that's where they need to start looking first, is yes. with the chief and on down. Unfortunately, it's very sad. I feel so bad for this individual, Mr. Nichols, and the family. Yeah. And I, I feel bad for the officers' families themselves, and for the officers, too, for being allowed to be that way. Mm. You know, I mean, they needed to be pulled back in, and they weren't. And when they get that far, they maybe they're too too far lost, and they don't realize what they're doing. But someone was not supervising them properly. You know, what you're saying, Jimmy, really emphasizes the point made by Lieutenant Stephen Rogers in the 7 o'clock hour because he made that exact point, that there is a failure of leadership, that this is something that should have been caught, should have been addressed beforehand, before it was allowed to get to this point. And I think that's what, you know, from yourself, from Lieutenant Rogers, other law enforcement officers will say the exact same thing. And I also, and I got out because I got tired of the job and so forth, but you also become jaded towards individuals if you let it get to you. And you forget the, the part of the humanity. You forget you're all the same. I mean, I'm no better than the individual walking the street just because I'm a cop. But a, a lot of cops will think that way. They, they will grow into that mentality, and that is sad. And we, we as a society are failing ourselves. We're failing each other. It is sad. If you don't mind me asking, Jimmy, is is there an instance that you can recall from your time in law enforcement where you lost your cool? Uh, no, no, because I'm very calm, cool, collected. Unfortunately, I have lost my cool in my personal life, and that's probably why I got out of law enforcement, because I screwed up my personal life and I needed to get out because mm. I was not happy where I was. And I didn't want that to influence you know, my job and other people and so forth. You know what, Jimmy? That is the mentality that you need to have. If you're in law enforcement and you recognize, so I so appreciate that, and you recognize that you are going through some things that could affect your work when you have, as this instance in Memphis shows, life or death situations that end up coming up. Like, for example, look at the officers here. Not a one of them spoke up against it and said, guys, hold up. They participated fully and didn't just sit by and watch. They even participated fully. So I appreciate the call. So many times in law enforcement, you know, real quick also, I mean, I I probably gave as many breaks out as I gave tickets. Tickets is is pushed, and that's not good. They are pushed too much. Yeah. And that gets to them. That gets, Hmm. that leads, 
terms of different things that are not that's a different topic for another time. Hmm. Well, Jimmy, I appreciate the call. Great points, and uh, thank you. 303-696-1971 is our telephone number. I'd like to hear the background of the five officers, hiring standards, length of time, time on the job, and training. Yeah, I think that will come out in time, and it is important, uh, especially to better understand what's going on in the broader scheme of things as folks address these issues. And, you know, legislators and members of Congress think, okay, is there something that we can do legislatively? I really enjoyed our conversation with State Senator Paul Lundeen, minority leader, head of the Republican caucus in the uh, state Senate, where he was talking about that and how you got to be careful when you're passing bills into law that you're not just trying to address them where you're, you're uh, thinking that the legislation is just going to solve it because it's not there's cultural issues there are broader things you need to consider what you're doing very thoughtfully and i think that's important um these are questions that i'm not sure an answer answers to specifically how many cop cars three is my guess do they patrol bumper to bumper or did one car make the stop and call for backup guaranteed they weren't all in one car they were not all in one car that's for sure um, I believe I, I recall seeing a few different uh, like two maybe uh, cars, but I'm not sure. Um, I don't know the answer. Like in the beginning, two cars. I know that later on there were multiple and you had paramedics that came so on and so forth. Um, but w- some of these answers will come out to be sure. We will see that. Uh, so. I have uh, a listener who texted and said that he had a few interactions with Officer Jimmy in Greeley when I was younger, and he was awesome. Traffic stops. So there you go. Officer calling in. You know, I appreciate that. Maybe it comes with the name Jimmy. It's just anybody named Jimmy. You got you to gotta consider at least a little bit that they might be great. But when it comes to his call, not only are you getting this sense from a, a listener that says, oh, I had interactions with Officer Jimmy in the past, and he was really good. He was awesome. But we heard what he said. I was going through personal things in my life. I knew that it was going to impact my job, so I got out of the force. If you are in law enforcement and you have personal issues that might affect your job, I think it's impressive to consider that maybe you shouldn't be in that line of work. Now, maybe there are things that are going on that you can deal with. Absolutely. We all go through issues in tough times. But if there's a point where it can affect your job, get you to go overboard like these officers in Memphis. Be, I mean, overboard is putting it nicely. But there could be instances where you, you, you feel some sort of temptation. It, it's it just says a lot, and I think it's it's important to keep that in mind. You don't need to be in the job if you might be at risk or or request a, a, that you get moved to a different post that doesn't put you out in public interacting with people. So I, I appreciate that. Um, I think this person wasn't listening to Paul Undine very well. You believe another bill will stop this corruption, stop the corruption. You don't need another bill. Typical politician answer. I, I don't think that uh, Lindine was specifically advocating. He was saying uh, the opposite. 
and expressing concern about maybe Democrats putting forward bills that would supposedly be designed to stop these um, types of, of incidents or corruption. Look, the reality is, going especially back to Lieutenant Stephen Rogers, it's a cultural thing. If If the culture at the top is allowing these kinds of behaviors to go on, then it can lead to a very destructive consequence. And that is what we have seen now in Memphis. A destructive consequence now to the what extent is this a cultural thing at the top? Needs to be addressed, that's for darn sure. And this discussion does need some nuance. But here's the thing, and we'll go to break with this thought. And then we'll do our crossover with Pete. When you look at the number of stories that we get where people jump to rash conclusions. And I was asked, does he have a criminal record, Tyree Nichols, as though that somehow could justify the officers a little bit. And it doesn't appear that that's the case. And we don't want to draw, jump to any conclusions in that instance, and uh, you know, uh, but but in terms of the officers, you can jump to a particular conclusion, a conclusion, and that is what these officers did was excessive and it was wrong. Like you can draw that conclusion clearly. Then the law is going to suss out what it was. Was it second degree murder? Was it something else? The law will suss that out. You can tell that this is wrong. But you go earlier in the show, we talked about the Paul Pelosi footage, and I'm not going to go over that again. But there's more to it. The 911 call, the call from the assailant into the TV station yesterday, a local TV station, saying, uh, I mean, he's deranged this David DePap. But there are conclusions that have been drawn about Paul Pelosi that are not bearing out at all. The reality is simpler sometimes than you would like it to be. For one reason or another, and we need to look at these things carefully and be smart about it, especially when we're looking at how do you address problems? How do you solve these issues? You're listening to the Jimmy Sangenberger Show. We're going to take a break. We'll be back. Crossover with Peter Boyles, who's 9 to noon today, as we rock and roll along on News Talk 710 KNUS Denver's local talk leader. The Allman Brothers covering Freddie King's Woman Across the River. Great tune. Looks like we've got about 30 degrees as the high. Should be snowing later today. Good to be with you as we wrap up and wind down this edition of the Jimmy Sangenberger Show. Real quick, Richard, the limo driver, texting in. Let me just say that I heard on Friday federal reaction to the Memphis killing. Lawmakers are proposing... What may be a common sense rule that officers are obligated to step in if they see a colleague behaving in an inappropriate way, I think that could garner support for both sides of the aisle. You know, I like the idea. I think implementation a little more complicated and not sure that the feds should be the ones passing that kind of legislation in the first place. But we got here in studio the man coming up for the next three hours from nine to noon, Peter Boyles. Good morning, Pete. Morning. I just want to say what a great job you've done this morning handling this most difficult of topics and uh i left the gym and you had this and you've been kind enough to share uh a a guest and this is rare that we do it but a lieutenant stephen rogers who you had on will join us in in this coming hour beautiful he's a home run and thank you no no jim you've you've done just extremely 
good radio this morning. So on a tough morning. I appreciate that, mm. especially coming from you. But, you know, when you talk to Lieutenant Rogers, the wealth of knowledge that he brings, he made a very important point. And it was reinforced by another law enforcement officer, aptly named Jimmy, in the last yeah, segment who called heard, in. Heard call. And he made the point that this comes from the top and when the sure. cultural aspects. And that's so key. And especially as legislators feel the desire to go make reforms, you got to think, okay, really what it comes down to is the cultural issues at the top. So, Well, I've been a lot of reading lately, and um, I'm firmly believing that institutions get sick people countries get sick and i think the country's sick i don't think i think we're in a very unhealthy country right now i think there's been moments the country was very healthy and there's moments that we have not been and i think we have slid into this unhealthiness that and i think corporations get ill get sick i think you know institutions radio stations get sick and i think they get unhealthy and i think the country right now for any number of reasons, is extremely unhealthy. And maybe these are manifestations of that. I said we were talking this morning, Kelly Michaels, I think since the 1st of January, I think the number is 36 or 39 mass that's shootings. Right. Jimmy, that's, 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 that's over the top. It's sick. It's beyond comprehension. Something is going on in our, in our culture right now in this moment that, yeah. that is, yeah. it, it, it's deep. It's deep. And, you know, and there's no chemotherapy for this. There's no um, surgical removal. Uh, it's just it's either going to get better on its own or it's not. And I fear that it's not. And when we see kinds of these kinds of things and they just pile up and there are politicians that we both know that will be and talk show hosts that are more than willing to use it for their own cause as opposed to saying, look, we need to stop, look around, as the man said in the song. Mm-hmm. Something's something's wrong. Right. And so, so what uh, have you got coming up other well, than uh, Lieutenant Rogers? Yeah, we have Lieutenant Rogers too. I've changed everything around, but we did a shoot this week. Frank and Marilyn, the lives of Frank Sinatra and Marilyn Monroe, and uh, a week ago we did uh, Mafia Spies about the CIA, and they all tie together. The only thing I won't change, and I called Blake last night, get ready to change, and we're going to have Mike Boyle on this morning to talk about this whole idea of tipping and all these different things. All out the window, um, the first hour will be, will be reactions to this um, body cam footage of Tyree Nichols, this violent arrest. And then we will do uh, Edward Epstein, take out an hour, Frank and Maryland. It's wonderful stuff. And then back to open lines on the footage. But um, I, I think it's th- th- this has said so much. Yeah. And it maybe just fills in where I'm reading. And so it makes sense. All right. Peter Boyles, 9 to noon. Good to see you, brother. Thank you. Tune in then. I'll be back next Saturday. Same time, same place. More engaging, intelligent talk. Sang style. Here on News Talk 710 KNUS. Have a great weekend. Stay warm out there. And may God bless America. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.